You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's up, everybody? Here we are, Vox and Hops, episode number 33. I am currently on tour in Europe with Ingested, Glory Hole Guillotine, and uh, we just finished up uh, a run with Insight and as well as Demonical up in Scandinavia. It was my first time in Scandinavia. I had a great, great, great time, uh, specifically in Copenhagen, where I have to give a huge shout-out to three people who came out and brought me some great craft beers. Huge shout-out to a a friend that we made uh, last time we were in Denmark, and she happens to be a fellow Canadian. Huge shout-out to Courtney Flores and Christian Wolfgang for coming out and bringing us some sick, sick beers. And we also went to a great, great craft beer place right before the gig uh, in Copenhagen called Bros. B-R-A-U-S. They had uh, probably one of the best uh, New England IPAs that I've had over here in Europe, and I was uh, very impressed, and so were the rest of the Cryptopsy boys. Also, huge shout-out and a happy belated birthday. It was his birthday today of the show. Huge shout-out to Michael. It was his 40th birthday, and he came out and brought a whole bunch of great, great local craft beers, including a limb-flooring porter. I'm sure I'm saying that's wrong, but it it was a double brown stout. It was just delicious from... uh, Thisted Brewers. It was uh, just delicious, delicious. So uh, happy birthday, Mike, and I hope you had a great night. Uh, we really, really enjoyed your beer, so thank you so, so much. I also made a new friend when I was in uh, Young Shopping in Sweden. I, uh, I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong as well. I uh, We went to this craft beer bar called uh, Idlewoods, and uh, we just started chatting up with the, the bartender, and uh, he happened to be a, you know a beer geek like us, uh, luckily, and... Uh, you know, a huge shout out to uh, Robin Johansson, who suggested that we go to the bar right next to the venue that we played in. And uh, we met up there later that night and we had some more beers together. And he went and got one of his own personal home brewed beers, which I have not tasted yet, but I will. And uh, I'm excited to taste it. It's, uh, it's supposed to be a, a barley wine, he said. And he says that it's, it's quite delicious. So I'm looking forward to tasting that. So thank you to Robin Johansson, Mike from uh, Copenhagen, and Courtney Flores, and Christian Wolfgang. Today on the podcast, I have Charles Elliott, the guitarist and vocalist of Abysmal Dawn. He also works for Nuclear Blast. Let's check it out. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 33. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. What's up, everybody? Here we are, Vox and Hops, live backstage, L.A. at 1720. And today I'm with Charles Elliott, the singer-guitarist of Abysmal Dawn. And he also works for a record label, which is... Nuclear Blast. Nuclear Blast. Uh, How are you doing, buddy? It's always good to see you. Good, good. Um, You know... It's a beautiful day out. I'm glad we got to do this interview outside. And I don't know. <laughs> no, that's actually it's a shithole back here, but it's fine. What What have you been up to? What has Abysmal Dawn been doing? Uh, we just been recording our new album and like re- and writing it as we go. But uh, yeah. Oh shit! Hold on. What's going on? We got some, <laughs> we got some friends. We got we got. We're, I've been uh, told that this neighborhood is not the best. That is true. I, I should uh, not walk around alone, basically, after the gig. I mean, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Depends. I, I might not come back from it. Yeah, I don't know what kind of night you want to have. But, <laughs> you know. So you guys are working on your new album. You guys uh, solidified James as your new drummer. Yep. Uh, let's talk about that. How did that decision come about? Uh, I don't know, man. Like We did that tour. Uh, I guess... Was, uh, was, that, was that the first time we, yeah, we absolutely. met? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So on that tour... 
Uh, he filled in. He like learned all our songs like last minute because our drummer like kind of bailed on us like like a month before. And he, he's in our previous drummer plays in Morbid Angel now. That's right. That's right. Um, so we we had like a month or so to find someone before going out on that uh, that run and. Uh, I hit up James, and he learned all his stuff within a month, and he killed it, and uh, yeah, we just got along really well, and then we started writing after that, and writing with him was just fucking awesome, and like, just inspiring, really, like, I, I just had a great time, like, writing with him, and uh, yeah, I, we did not that's pretty much what solidified him in the band, just, you know, like, him being able to, like, play in the new dynamics that we wanted in the band and all that so yeah it's awesome it's awesome as everyone can hear we are in the backstage so the band has started playing this is Vox and Hops on tour who are we listening to right now by the way I don't know all right. I don't want to have to pay rights to them so I know I was gonna say <laughs> your, your fucking podcast is gonna get fucking flagged and taken down because this beer was brought to me in Portland yeah awesome beer brought to me by Brian Spencer and his wife Liu ah in gotcha. Portland this is uh, the coffee cinnamon barrel aged B-Bomb from Fremont Breweries. Let's see what this sucker's got. Cheers. Cheers. It smells uh, cinnamony, very, very boozy. Tastes like it'll get me drunk. That's what Ooh. I'm most concerned with. No, it's good. Yeah. Different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, omnius dark soul of death metal. <laughs> it's really, really yeah, weird. Yeah. It's really coffee, S- chocolate, chocolatey at the end. Sweet. Um, definitely not something you're going to drink a no. shit ton of. No, you, you got to save this. Savor it. Enjoy savor it, this. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Lou. Absolutely delicious. Yeah. Right on the nose. Uh, what was I going to uh, Are you a craft beer enthusiast? Uh, yeah, you know, like, I don't know if I'm an enthusiast. I do enjoy craft beer. Like I was telling you, if you wanted to do a whiskey episode, I was totally game for that. You're more into the whiskey. Or hard liquor, I guess. <laughs> I was actually hoping this was going to be an intervention for me, but it wasn't. <laughs> no, um, I'm only going ha- to push you, you further. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're enabling me right yeah. now. That's cool. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I like I like craft beers. Um, I went on a craft beer kick for a while there, you know, and then I just you know got into different things, <laughs> got into harder stuff, you know, like like whiskey and then heroin. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> what 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 would be the first craft beer that you drank? That really opened your mind and your eyes to the craft brew scene here in California. You know, I don't, I don't know. I feel like uh, maybe like Stone or something. Now, I, I, I like IPAs, but I'm not like a huge fan of them. But I think like I don't know in the early 2000s or something when the whole like sort of craft beer like revolution started started to fucking gain momentum. You know, Stone was kind of like one of the the names that just kind of like launched that i guess you know mm-hmm. they're one of the precursors yeah. to uh so, the craft brew uh, explosion right so so i guess stone probably was uh, a big part of that do you remember your first beer i do remember my first beer let's talk about that uh it was a budweiser Okay. My my friend uh, uh, from Thailand, um, uh, yeah, my friend in high school, he's from Thailand. Him and his brother, uh, his older brother bought us beer, you know. Uh, we go to his house and, like, you know, they're from Thailand, so they were just like, yeah, America, like, we're going to drink Budweiser and fucking Jack Daniels. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's crap beer, but, you know, whatever, when you're a kid and you're just learning to 
to drink beer or drink in general. That's kind of what you go with. Is you, you got to start somewhere because if you started yeah. with this Fremont coffee cinnamon barrel aged bee bomb, yeah, I don't you know, know how I'd feel about that when <laughs> I was like probably, fifteen. I'd or probably something, hate you know? it. <laughs> maybe I'd be. Maybe I'd like it. Maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. It's, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, you know? it's very um, almost. It's like boozy though. Yeah. So how did that first beer go down? Uh. Yeah, didn't like it. <laughs> now it's a whole different story, obviously. <laughs> like pounding back pretty pretty hard, but uh, uh, yeah, drinking Budweiser. I don't know. I, I think I ate it with candy or something. Like really, it was like a like a can stand the taste when I was a kid, you know. So you had to you had to like mask it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> with bubble gum, it's like fucking Skittles and Budweiser or some <laughs> bullshit. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> so there you have it. There's my deep, dark secret. If you do go buy craft beer, what would be the craft beer you would reach for? Uh, I mean, I brought you some beer today. Like, I really like North Coast Brewery. I, th- I like all their beers, like uh, Brother Thelonious, Old Rasputin, Scrimshaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pr- I brought you some Prankster. Nice. Um, I, like, I like more like Belgians, I guess. There's this beer, like, you can only get it on tap. It's really good. It's called Naughty Sauce. Naughty Sauce? Yeah. If you can okay. find it, check it out. It's like a, it's a milk uh, stout on nitro, uh, and it's like coffee flavored. Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, and clear. It's, it's really unique. I really like it a lot, but uh, it's hard to find. I don't think they bottle it. I'll keep, um, I'll keep my eyes open. I'll put it out there for all the listeners. If you can find it and you bring yeah. it to me, you bring it to me. Yeah, yeah. Charles, Charles will be very grateful. Yeah, yeah I'll be. <laughs> he I'll won't be, be there. Yeah, I won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. Let's talk about you growing up in high school. Are you originally from L.A.? Yes, I am. How much do you think that influenced your life and getting into the music industry? Because you're not just in a band. You're like at the label, one of the, the biggest metal label, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, how much do you think just growing up in L.A. influenced that versus your personality? Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I grew up, I mean, when I was getting into metal, it was like the 90s, like late or mid, late 90s. So the metal scene was kind of like not that happening. It's pretty dead, you know? And uh, at my high school, I, I remember being like, the only kid with long hair, and I, I try and get other kids into metal, but you know, like, or actually, when I was in junior high, I was successful in getting some kids into metal, and, you know, like Machine Head and Fear Factory and like Entombed and Slayer and all that, you know. And then uh, by high school, it just kind of like thinned out, and uh, yeah, just there really wasn't very many kids into metal, and. If they were, they uh, usually dropped out. <laughs> I was like, in my graduating class, I think I was the only guy with you like were, long You hair. were the only metalhead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I I just always had this, I don't know, like, I like what I like attitude and, you know, like, I'm an individual, fuck you, you know, but uh, obviously I, I went on and I met other metalheads and... But yeah, we're, I guess, where I went to school, just, yeah, whoa. Not very many people were metalheads. I had my, my friend, uh, Paul, who passed away, man, like, rest in peace, man. Uh, he, like, and all of my friends graduated, like, a year ahead of me, too, that were into metal. And then uh, my friend Paul, uh, he was from Thailand, and 
you know, we go to his house and drink beer and fucking play guitar and watch shitty horror movies and stuff like that, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like as far as being influenced by LA, I don't, I don't know. Um, I always felt like a little out of place and you think so? Yeah. And in, in LA, I guess. And, uh, at least where I grew up, cause I grew up mostly in, uh, the South Bay, uh, like Torrance area, which is a really fucking boring suburb. Okay. Got and, it, yeah. uh, I was and picturing like, you like at the whiskey all the time, watching yeah, all the concerts. I mean, I, I went being to like bath, sh- bathed in the you know the, yeah, the, the, like the I scene, went to the limelight, the, the whiskey a lot. Um, I guess I think my first show was actually like Sacred Reich or something in like '95. Wow. But I was like at in the showcase in Corona, and. I saw, I don't know if you saw, I posted a video like recently. Yes, of your first show. Yeah, yeah. We're, I guess it wasn't my first show, but it was like one of the first shows I played and the first band I used to play in this band in Human Visions. And we played with Death uh, at the Whiskey in 98. Wow. With, uh, that Death Live in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. Yeah, I, don't know, I was like fucking 15 or something. And uh, yeah, but I saw a lot of shows at the Whiskey. Uh, I saw... I saw Cryptopsy at the Death Across America tour in like '99 or something. Really? At the showcase. Uh, it was like Cryptopsy, Nile, Oppressor. I wasn't there. I know you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, it was great. Being the only metalhead in high school, how did you go about forming a band, finding other band members that are like minded? What were those steps like? Uh, it was tough, man, because I know it was like fucking, I don't know, like 13 or something, playing guitar and trying to. Uh, find people and I think like there was like newspaper ads put out and answer those like recycler I think that's still around I, I th- there were some kids in like Long Beach or something that I jammed with for like a little bit and I don't know it just didn't really work out and then uh, I had, like other friends in school where we never had like a full band you know and uh, eventually uh, there's this local band called Dying Breed that uh, I got in contact with, and they told me about this band in Human Visions that were looking for a guitar player, and that was it. I went and tried out there, and then I guess after that, I played in this band called Rise for a little bit. Uh, after In Human Visions, kind of broke up, and then you always played guitar and yeah, vocals, or were no, you all... just gu- guitar? Okay, when did the vocals come into play? Uh, that was like after I left Rise. Uh, I kind of like we, we were we were about to try and start uh, Inhuman Visions again and uh, I went back and then that didn't work out and then I was just like I think one of the guys uh, the our guitar last guitar player in Inhuman Visions said let's start a band together I had, we had another friend Terry or actually it was a friend of Jamie's and uh, he played drums and so for a while like I don't know, we couldn't find a bass player, couldn't find uh, a singer, and after a while, I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to s- learn to sing and play, right? And uh, that was it. I just, it was just out were, of Were you like a guitarist that did backing vocals already, or? Yeah, we do backing okay. vocals. Yeah. So it wasn't just like completely new to you? No, not really. I mean, what was What was the hardest part of that transition becoming moving from just a backup singer who plays guitar to a full-time singer 
who plays guitar. So you're, you, you write complicated songs, right? And you're a very, very good vocalist. You have excellent. Uh, oh, thanks, man. Diaphragm control, a long fucking you. screams. Those long- that means a lot coming from you, man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. What was the biggest, the hardest part of that? <laughs> Learning to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, what steps did you take? You know, I think a lot of that is muscle memory. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you you learn the song on guitar, and. You, I just learned like not to look at exactly my, yeah. my guitar neck and uh, yeah I don't I don't know I'm just like memorizing the, <laughs> the separating this like two different parts of your brain almost you know try and separate the two how hard is it for you in studio just tracking vocals like not holding a guitar and playing and tracking vocals is it something that throws you off you're just no no it doesn't it doesn't throw me off yeah no, I don't know. It, no, it's a question does, it throw, does it throw you off? Like, I know you don't sing and play guitar, but like, do you have to hold your mic? I hold my mic. You do in the studio. I do. I do. Yeah. yeah I was we have SM7B. I think it's called those classic right. vocal mics, I and I hold it in my too. hand. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So, if you had to describe your vocal technique to someone, say you're like teaching them a lesson of how to scream like Charles, what would? How would you run that down? What is your vocal technique? Oh uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> uh, try not to suck. I don't know. What, <laughs> what would you say? Like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, it's like, it's it's a balance between pressure and tension, right? With just the right amount of harshness. It's it's about hitting that harsh tone that you want and then dialing it back right. in. Right. So I would say, uh, if water goes into the cup, it becomes the cup. <laughs> That's just my Bruce Lee quote. Yeah, I don't. I'm know. gonna make a shirt with that on it now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, dude. I don't. I don't know. Like, I've I've tried so many different techniques um, over over the years. My voice has changed. Like, I feel like on every record, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's normal. It's an evolution. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a part of that is just like I don't really practice that much. Like when we're not touring, you just don't scream. Yeah, like we'll go months, you know, and just focus on writing an album. And then it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta sing again. Now, how um, do you, how do you go about prepping for either a tour or tracking vocals? Um, I just kind of figured out like what's good for my vocals. I guess I don't know. Now I can just demo all the stuff at home too. Try different voices and stuff. You do, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is your your easiest go to voice? Uh, like sort of like the more the like the doom death metal vocal you know that's just kind of like my style is more on that sort of old school like i don't know raspy like i guess sort of overtones in the in the low you know what mm-hmm. I mean? absolutely yeah. yeah i try and i guess do that like i like the whole like the old school kind of death metal or like a michael ackerfeld or like yeah yeah, or, yeah, yeah. uh i'm trying to think of other guys that are are kind of like that i mean I mean, Thomas Lindbergh is totally, he's like in a different range. A little range. range, yeah. Yeah. But, but the same t- approach. It's sort of like, yeah, it's got like a lot of overtones mm-hmm. to it. And and yeah, that's kind of like my thing, I guess. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about uh, how you got into working for record labels. Okay. How yeah. did that all come about? I started, I guess I was playing in Rise at the time. I had another job, which I'll, I won't say because it's probably... Embarrassing to me at this point in my life. <laughs> I don't know. Now I, I want to know. <laughs> All right, fine. That's fine. What did you? Actually, not this, what did you, what did you not used to do, Charles? <laughs> no, I worked at like a blockbuster video. Like, a, oh, that's fine. For, for Nothing years. shameful of that yeah, at all. No, no. I used to scoop ice cream. 
Oh shit! <laughs> Laura Secord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to scoop ice cream. Yeah, that's my lowest of lows. That's that's pretty good. I was a pretty bad employee to the point where they just cut my hours until I had like nothing. Was that your first job or was that? One, no, no. My first job was with the kids uh, working at a day camp, uh, summer camp. A summer camp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so you've been at Record Labs for a long time. If you, you got into it after Rock. Oh man, yeah, I've been. I guess since 2003 really? or so. Yeah. It's Always nuclear? I feel like you were with Century before. No, I, I was on Century Century Media. So I I interned I interned at Century Media um, probably like in 2003 or something like that. And uh, they hired me in the warehouse and I kind of like quickly worked my way up in different positions back there. And then there was a death metal label that they had Olympic Records and uh, I was doing publicity and uh, A&R for Olympic Records for a while. And then at some point, I don't know, like when I was there, like, so like licensed the first Swall the Sun record. Really? Um, and soon after that, like, I think they, they folded that like... Branch or yeah, division? Yeah. We got contacted by... Uh, the Olympic, like Olympics, like the actual Olympics, saying that the, the trademark you can use the name, really, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. And they, and, they, and they folded that branch, and they a lot of bands like folded into Century Media. Mm-hmm. And then I was at Century Media for a little bit doing A and R. I signed a boarded. You to, signed a boarded. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was pretty short lived. I wasn't there for like too long. It was like, like maybe like two or three years total. What are some of the the biggest challenges being an A and R? I don't know. I mean, my personal music musical tastes aren't you know what the whole world might, might want to hear. <laughs> yeah. What, what would be a band that, that you you thought was going to be the next big fucking shit? Well, you know, that like, you signed that went nowhere. You know, like what? So when I was at Central Media, I, I think it was kind of like you know I'm a death metal thrash black metal dude, right? Um, I like other stuff outside of that, but they were going way more commercial direction. Yeah, yeah, but they also signed like Lacuna Coil that got really big around that time. Right, yeah, yeah. so Lacuna, I know. That was like a band that they were pushing. Like Lacuna yeah. Coil and Shadows Fall were yeah, like those yeah, two yeah. bands that were like huge. And uh, I think there was a lot of like kind of questions of like my personal taste and what were at the direction of the label at the time. And yeah. Um, and I think uh, when I, I actually like left on my first tour with Abysmal Dawn and was kind of like let go af- after that um, more because but the label itself was kind of like downsizing a little bit because I think that's when they were kind of like record sales are you know starting yeah, we, we you see know, it. Lars, op- Lars was right yeah yeah <laughs> they're not a, they were starting to notice that things were headed in like a downward trajectory at least you can like uh, operate at the same level or like, in the same way, you know. Like, much, much l- less yeah. money coming in. Yeah, and like especially through those contracts that they signed with those bands, right? Because they couldn't touch the merch batch back right. then. So now it's like, you know, everyone does like ten jobs at a label, mm-hmm. and you know, like, so yeah. So I worked there for a little bit. Hold on, but you did my question. Of yeah. The, the band that you signed thinking this is the shit it's going to be huge and didn't go somewhere well I didn't sign a whole lot I mean uh, I signed a boarded uh, they seem to be doing okay no they're doing good now <laughs> I know they had like a period where you know they were kind of like going finding their identity again and shit I feel like you know um, but they're killing it now absolutely you know? absolutely yeah. 
Once Bedini came into the picture, aborted straightened itself out. Yeah. Two of those fucking guys used to play in my band. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So then you transitioned over to Nuclear Blast afterwards. After your time with Century Media. Yeah, like or I, I like left Century Media and there was like a little bit of a gap like where I was like doing working at like the key club or something as like a that's a venue in town? Yeah, well, not anymore. It used to be Gazzari's, and then it was the Key Club. And okay, okay. I think I think the Key Club's still there under, like, different management or something. And I'm too, I'm too from Montreal. Like, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't know all these venues. Uh, there's a lot of metal shows there at one point, though. It was, like, one of the go-tos. I worked there for a little bit, and then I worked for, like, a fitness supplement company. Really? Doing, like... Like Nutri, uh, Nutri... Uh, like, warehouse supplements, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so fulfilling, like, <laughs> orders for, like... <laughs> Way and fucking boner pills. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then after a while, I didn't. I wouldn't do that for too long though, because um, I think I left in like 2016, and then by kind of like early 2017, I got the call for Nuclear Blast, and I started doing publicity there. So okay, so that's 2000, 2007. Sorry. So you started doing publicity. 2006, 2007 was when I started. 2007. Really? Okay. What is? Uh, do you enjoy it? Is it fun doing publicity for a label? I mean, I don't. Uh, I just stopped doing publicity. And <laughs> see, so now I have like a different good, role. Like, what, are, what are you doing now? Because for a while I was doing publicity and product management, and now I just do product management there. What would that mean? Uh, so, like you know, like a record, uh, like coordinating all the part delivery for an album, and then deciding what formats. And then, like, coming up with, like, you know, it's like, what color vinyl, like, mm -hmm. you know, are we doing it on, like, a cassette, or are you doing, like, some killer, like, crazy, like, box set, or... Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, we're going to have to chat after. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I want to release the Book of Suffering, all oh, three tomes. There you go, man. With some interesting ideas, see what yeah. the possibilities are. Yeah. So, stuff like that, you know, awesome. like, That's dealing, super cool. dealing with all the de departments, kind of coming up with goals for the album, and budgets, and shit like that. What would be uh, your favorite artist on Nuclear Blast that you get to work with? I love them all equally. <laughs> They're all my children. <laughs> But because of all, you're working at the creative unless side of it, unless it's gonna be like Sophie's Choice, and then we're like, <laughs> yeah. you must pick one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, nah. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> in a nutshell, what is the new Abysmal Dawn like? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I think it's gonna surprise a lot of people because it's it's pretty crazy. Good. Yeah. Good. It, it's, I hope it is. Yeah. It's a lot different, I think, but. It, than uh, our previous records. Um, it's more technical, but, like, still, like, really catchy. And I don't know. It's m maybe a little bit more on the leveling of the plane of existence side than Obsolescence, but because uh, I feel like Obsolescence was, like, a little more direct and, and uh, you know, than its delivery. Mm -hmm. and, Straight to the point. Yeah. Brutality, and, technical. And this yeah. one, it's, like, especially... Having James in the band, like James is, James is the drummer's drummer, basically, and I feel like that opened us up to like doing a lot more, like interesting things. I guess you know, he's um, definitely out there. Yeah, yeah, he's creative, <laughs> and more ways than one. He, he's inspired by by the greenery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Which which I don't. <laughs> you don't. No, no, no. Which I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm too busy with the hops. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know if your previous drummer was in the into the greenery. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. He smoked okay. a lot of weed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, How about like lyrically? Do you know where you're going on this yeah, album? Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know, man. Like, I tried to, like, do a concept record at one mm-hmm. point, and I realized... It's fucking hard. It is fucking hard. <laughs> Someone told me they thought uh, a friend, Craig, he used to play in Archaic, and, uh, yeah, he he was like, I like doing concept records because it's easy. It's like you, you stick to the same theme and you tell a story. I'm like, all right, I mean, try it. I started doing it, and I was like, this is not me, man. <laughs> like, I'm... It's... It's like too nerdy, I guess. Like, I, I rather like a thematic, and then I can just—it's a broad strokes, thing. right? Yeah. Well, see, like me, like I like to write how I feel, or mm-hmm. like a, or an actual this riff. Idea. This riff brings out this, yeah, feel. this riff, or just like in general, just like my life or whatever, like whatever inspires me at the time. I can't be like, like there's there's some nerd shit in in our in our lyrics, you know, but like I'm not gonna write a whole. Uh, you know, al- uh, album about like I don't know, like some- intergalactic space yeah, warriors yeah, coming. Oh wait, that's something. Guar. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have been at that band meeting. Yeah. When they say, "Okay, I got this idea, guys. Right, Bear right. with me. Right. We're gonna be intergalactic space warriors. Right. And we're gonna wear these costumes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> For how many years? Oh, fuck that. You got anything you want to add, Charles? Um, Something you want to shout out? I don't know. When do you think is this this the new abysmal? Where's the? When's it going to come out? What labels it on? Well, All the fun on, stuff. We're on season of mist now, and I'm sure they're tired of hearing <laughs> that it's <laughs> coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's it's been a long time, man. I like, feel like it's been a, quite, we, a little while. We recorded drums in probably what was that? November. I feel like it was November that, yeah. of two thousand seventeen. I hope so. Seventeen. No, two years ago. We're in twenty nineteen now, yeah, Charles. We're not, we have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this beer is really good. It is know. really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been, yeah, dude, it's been that long. Yeah, crazy. 2017. That's the thing. It's like we we started writing when we win the studio. Uh, so to explain to people why the, the yeah, yeah why 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 is it taking, taking so long, long right? Yeah. So you live in L.A. You got your own home studio. You just told me what's right, taking so long. Right. So we, we tracked all the drums at Trench Studios, uh, in like November of like 2000. 17. Okay. Okay. All the rhythm guitars I tracked and were done, I think, what, before? And, like, by December. Yeah. Or was it December or January? So, like, <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But it was it was done, man. Like, all, all the rhythm guitars are done. But I didn't have any fucking lyrics, like, the whole time. Oh, yeah? No lyrics. Uh... Leads weren't written. Uh, bass lines, Eliseo had Eliseo, depending on how we want to say. Oh, it. I call him Eliseo. Is yeah, yeah. Eliseo. Eliseo. I, I want to say his name the right I way. I bounce back and forth. Okay. Eliseo is the correct way. To okay, say well, I'll, so, I'll work on you know, that. No bass lines weren't written. Shout out to Eliseo. Eliseo. I miss you. I, I'm one sad you're not. Sad, sad, no, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pour it into my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No poor, no, I, I'm sad that you're not here with us tonight in LA. Yeah. LSU. 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 Gotta say it like a white LSU. lover that he is. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was basically it. I mean, there's a lot of other. Are you Are you done now? No. Did you fix those problems? Pretty much. So Vito finished all of his leads not too long ago. And I have like just a couple of leads to do. But lyrics are what's taking me the longest, and but I've been focused on that, and I've like since I don't know, like that's a, that's the other thing too is like I record the shit too, mm-hmm. so 
you know, set a little bit of pressure. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and it's it's hard for me to like kind of like step away and yeah. differentiate the two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I realized doing our own thing. Like I can do it. I mean, I can do other people's projects like way way quicker than my own shit. You That's why Chris Chris writes all of his guitar parts for Cryptopsy when he's really drunk. Really? <laughs> because if not, he judges himself and he's like, mm, no, not good. Yeah, no. yeah. And then like, so he just like writes, 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 super drunk, like really, really very drunk. And then the next day they listen to it and they go, oh yeah, that, yeah that's actually not that bad. And, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how they do it. I try that. Yeah, Probably not should? for lyrics. Not for lyrics. Lyrics, <laughs> yeah. Ly- lyrics takes forever, man. Like that, so I've done, what was it? Um, I have like four and a half songs of lyrics done out of eight that are going to make the record. You can do it. Yeah, I know. And then we got well, The fans are waiting for it. And we got like two cover songs and then like probably two other songs. I'm just going to push Bonus for something stuff. else, man. Yeah. Like for an EP or something. What about, uh, how does it feel to work for a label that your band is not on? Is that strange? No, it's great. Yeah, I like the separation, man. Okay, I, I yeah. wouldn't want to be on the, the same label that I work for. Okay. What, what, what would be the complications? I mean, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I just feel like it's uh, conflict of interest, you know? Or everyone's like, fuck, Charles, I know that guy. Like, I don't... Whatever. They yeah, won't maybe. get the... You, you feel you get less of a push if... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I also don't like... I don't want the perception to be that ever that I'm getting more of a push than... Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. another band on a label, because that's... Yeah. Of course. That's yeah, not yeah. fair either. I don't know if it would be that way, but I'm just saying, like, you know... Whatever that perception might be. Uh, so Seasons of Mist is listening. Yeah. When are they getting this album? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when, when when would you like to release this album? Uh, see, In a perfect I mean, world. I, um, I was trying to get everything done by this April. That okay. was my goal. Um, at the rate I've been writing lyrics... I could see me turning the album in, like, June. Okay. Um, That smells like a fall release. It's probably going to be a fall release or early next year, which I'm trying to avoid. Because it sounds like we're going to do a tour in September. Oh, yeah? You tell uh, me after who. Okay, I'll tell you. Probably too early. To announce anything on the podcast. Uh, Assuming everything goes well there, then we'll at least have, like, a new single out by then. Awesome. Um, But, yeah. That's basically what we're up to, man. Thank you so much, Charles. Coming down early, the show in LA tonight. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Always good to see you. You too, man. Uh, fun drinking beer with you once again. We'll have well, a few let's more keep going. later. Yeah, what the hell? But you guys won't be listening. So, uh, <laughs> cheers, everyone. Thank you. All the best. Cheers. Thanks. Hey, thank you so much for listening right to the end. Uh, I was really concerned about the sound quality of this interview because uh, we were standing outside right out in the back in L.A., outside the venue at the aborted gig and the opening band was just blaring blaring and i was like concerned that you know the audio would leak but i was pleasantly surprised and i was very happy with our conversation so thank you all for listening um i just want to give you guys all a big shout out thank you so much for all the positive feedback i'm getting i really appreciate it Uh, there is no podcast without all of you so keep spreading the word uh if you know people that like you know, anecdotes about metal dudes and their lives and funny stories and they happen to like craft beer, you know, show show them uh, Vox and Hops. I'd really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Next week on the podcast, I have my conversation that I had while I was in San Diego with the great Travis Ryan of Cattle Decapitation. Trust me, you do not want to miss this episode. He's, uh, he's, he's, He's a funny dude. 
and he always says uh, so a whole bunch of interesting things, so you don't want to miss it. Check it out. Fox and Hobbs, episode number 34 with Travis Ryan next week. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I'm going home. I'm going to be home on Monday. I'm looking forward to being with my family, so you guys all spend great time with your family, your friends, your loved ones, and most importantly, drink great craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!